What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 83 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. I am your recovering host, Alex Arona. Thanks to Joel, he was able to save me while also casting Getty into the time stream. Getty, you've written this one out like we've had some sort of adventure. I like it. So, as always, let me toss it over to my hero, Joel DeWitt. Alex, I think it might be a little too early to celebrate. Our timeline could be in serious danger. There was a timeline where I screwed up the intro and you did it perfectly. But now we're not in that world. These timeline things are all confusing. Ah, well, don't care either way. Also, can I say that uh, VTubers are a thing, so now technically we could replace Getty without a second thought. Without a question. Joel, I already explained to you what VTubers are. Don't play dumb. So I, I actually, I checked the Snapchat thing where it lets you do the uh, the whole, like, anime face thing. Mm-hmm. It does not like beards. Mm. So, I, saw Ge- I saw Getty as an anime earlier. Do, do anime people not have beards? Is that how it works? Tell actually, me again, if dude. I can interject here, uh, no. And that was, like, a huge conversation that we had many episodes ago when we talked about... Uh, the dungeon one that's like Dark Souls, but it's with anime characters. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about, but I forgot the name. Oh uh, yeah, they can't make beards. Not, yeah, facial hair was not an option. I was like, I guess they don't have facial hair in Asia, which isn't the whole continent because we've seen it in Full Metal Alchemist. Also, Jet from Cowboy Bebop had a beard. Dude, Persona white. Five, the uh, the coffee shop owner. Yeah, see, see, we, That's you know, I've proved shoe, this though. wrong. Okay. Well, this week, I'm moving forward now. Uh, we have early adopters, uh, dino hackers to bullet hell buckle in. Getty, I don't know what that means. Then we hit up the news before swinging into an Atom RPG in our backlog blog. Plus, I got to go in depth on something that I saw real weird. But also, I want to throw in there that we're going to go into some uh, game of the year talk to see how the year is shooken up for all of us. But first, Shader. early adopters, shaken, where we play alphas, betas, and games about the power of nature. First game we've played this week is Trifox. Trifox. Bullet hell. I'm gonna throw this to Getty. Getty, you played some Trifox. Tell me hell. about Trifox. <laughs> you can't prove that I played Trifox. Yeah, because your you? Steam account's hidden from me. You've yeah, hidden exactly. your Steam account from me, Wait, Getty. Was that even on Steam? Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. Try uh, all Fox. I, all I know about, is that there's barreling and rolling. There are. It's a trio of foxes, and it's a, what, top-down shooter. You get to pick which fox you want, and I, they all have a diversity of weapons. Uh, this, no one This is might be same. a little stretch, but it has a little vibe of, uh, of a gauntlet in it. It's, yeah. yeah, it definitely feels a little gauntlety. You know, it's like you said, sort of the top-down thing. Uh, you select your character. I picked one that had a sort of gravity ball that it could shoot, and then all the enemies would converge onto there and sort of make an easy target for all of them. And then you have like little laser shots and uh, little homing shots that you could kind of do too. And Joel, was, did you figure out that with that character, after you did your gravity well, you could shoot a gravity bomb? Yep. And if yes. you hit it with your, yep, hit it, it with your sick. bullet. Because that's the one I used to. That's the one I used to. Wow, we really didn't coordinate this very well. We all <laughs> picked the same fox. <laughs> uh, that's bad, guys. Uh, I don't know. They I should I, take I us think, off the air. 
I think it's interesting that our minds converge to the same character. <laughs> it's a, you know, it, it is interesting because I, this is one of the more polished demos that we've played here. And it's, it's a nice, simple kind of, you know, go to a section, take care of a wave of crabs, <laughs> uh, pull a lever to open a door, go to a net section. You have these segments where it's like almost puzzles. So like the one segment that really stuck out to me was where there were these pillars that were going up and down and a locked door. And in the center, there was some sort of button you had to stand on and then a light sort of illuminating around the corner really slowly like a meter all around the box. And you had to stand on that long enough for it to hit full, but like during this time you're kind of dodging these enemies lobbing kind of grenade things and these spinning enemy types trying to you know home in on you and uh, how how long did it take you to realize that they were spawning the longer you stood on it so that you was just like a ton of them so my first go i didn't actually realize what the puzzle was uh, and so i was just like continuing to fight these waves of enemies and uh, i just eventually gave out and my my first thought was just like what what the hell am i supposed to be doing here like i this can't be right <laughs> this is too too hard for such a you know friendly looking game but then the second time it was where i was like oh this thing's lighting up <laughs> this is what i should be doing right now and then uh it was a lot easier once you actually figure out what the hell to do but there are a lot of enemies to kill like, I was oh, yeah. surprised by the wave after wave that they were throwing at, at you. Like, very surprising. That last boss, he wasn't too difficult. If Again, it's one of those games where if you memorize the pattern of what the boss is going to do, then it's pretty easy walk in the park. Yeah. Now, with what I found, what I noticed about it was that when the wave started happening and you're trying to either outlast by standing on that switch or there was another one where you just had to kill as many waves as possible and just outlast them, it was, it sounded like the Ooga Booga sound from Crash Bandicoot, but it was just on repeat. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that got the vibe of that because even the environment here was very Crash Bandicoot too, sort of the like Aztecian temple jungle look, you know? And the enemy was this sort of foxy looking thing, of course, fox uh and it was very like simple cartoony kind of looked and uh yeah i'm glad i wasn't the only one that noticed the bandicoot influence no no jinko jeans though yeah <laughs> you can't be perfect you know Mm-mm. can't win them all but it yeah I, I, that's what i was kind of thinking the whole time i was like oh man this is kind of like a oh okay this is kind of cool and i just remember it actually started like exhausting me because i was still just trying to outlive everything and running around in circles go you know the classic shooter mechanic where you're just jumping backwards shooting at everything like behind you yep that's where i was yep, at I, I was i was i was dooming it really hard that that was a very <laughs> consistent strat for me <laughs> yeah so yeah that uh trifox had had a lot of promise with the way those characters looked again looking very crash bandicoot very cartoonish very cute and it was a clean demo, gave you clean mechanics, options to pick different characters. We obviously did not take them up on that. That's on us. <laughs> well, it gave us the option. I just didn't realize that everybody was going to pick the same one. And let me say, the wealth, or at least the depth of the attacks that you got on the character that we chose, I found it very helpful and 
even up until the boss, I was still trying to figure out good combos to use. Uh, there was like the straight shot that could pierce through enemies. Of course, your basic attack, uh, Joel mentioned the gravity well, and then uh, an extra bomb that you can just either send through the enemies or if you shoot it, it goes off. So that was one character. And if there's three of them, and I'm sure the way that the game is meant to be played is with three people, then you could have endless entertainment with the different abilities that each one has. Yeah, I was very satisfied with how strategic it felt, right? Because, like you said, like you throw the gravity bomb, and then you throw, or sorry, the gravity ball, and then you throw the bomb on top of that. Or if you ran out of that, while they're sort of stuck in that gravity hone, and you just sort of pew-pewing, all taking your shots <laughs> at them while they're stuck in that corner and mow them down that way. Uh, I killed so many crabs. The crab slayer? Crab slayer. The crab slayer. <laughs> Joel, killer of crabs. The Crab Slayer. <laughs> That's how they would call you. They would, they would make a song about you. I'm not going to. I'm we should. That should. We should make a whole episode about serenading Joel with how many so crabs he's killed. See if you can employ Phil on that. <laughs> but how many to, crabs to, were not in game is my question. But it has to sound like toss a coin to your witcher. That's how it has to sound. I heard you use this tiny little Does comb. It? Does it? <laughs> Oh no, Getty, no! Okay, I'm getting us out of here. <laughs> I know you. Dino Punk is the second game we played. Dino Punk. This game we is, is a the strong shit. word. So, we is a strong word. <laughs> so, Dino Punk. So, it, it it makes sense that the, the file is dinopunk.rar. Uh, <laughs> but my computer did not recognize how to unzip this thing, and I didn't have the patience to figure it out so Alex, tell us about dino punk neither did i but i just watched like the 20 minute youtube video about it and it was worth it so so the beginning of this before we started recording joel goes we shouldn't talk about dino punk i was like hell no this game is rad and it still is it's a cyberpunk dystopian world in the future but everyone's a dinosaur and all you're listening to is chill beats to study to while fixing computer chips and you take a computer chip so uh the 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 process that they kind of give you to to move through it is you get a computer chip and you have to chop off the sides to break it off of the frame take the computer chip then you take a secondary board board. for the computer chip yep you gotta you gotta use your mouse to trace out whatever shape you want i made a cool lightning bolt uh you know, circuit board. Then they take glue, put it on the board, glue the chip on, and then you glue that to whatever you want, and that's how you fix the electronics. But that's, there's also social elements to the game because people yes. will come into your shop and they'll be like, hey, fix this for me. And you're like, dude, why is this covered in drool? What'd you do to your phone? And he's like, I don't know. Just fix it. <laughs> yeah. but the icing on the cake is that you're talking to a drone with a TV screen on it, and... Uh, at one point, it's like, hey, you should pour this guy a soda. And it's like, he's he's a drone. He's like, But a, it's got a, a cup holder screen. on the side. And then he's like, this yeah, is what I would... needed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the, this, the writing you guys explained, it kind of sounds like the people making this game worked in a customer service role. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then you have to throw in the fact that this is like a, cyber t- a cyberpunk world. And like the guy 
is a dinosaur. He looks like a pterodactyl, but he's in a business suit and it's a TV and he's kind of yelling at you. So it had like, it had vibes of Marty, Marty McFly's dad or Marty McFly getting fired in the future via TV for doing that illegal thing. Do you remember, was it Back to the Future when they're in the future and the dad, uh, the Marty gets, yeah, Back to the Future 2, Marty gets fired via TV. It's yep. been so long since I've seen those movies. Like the only thing that I remember are like the Clock Tower, uh, and then the third movie when it was Wild West and there was a train scene. Well, mm-hmm. I know what we're doing uh, for Joel. Get him on that extra life train. <laughs> yeah, we gotta see if it's on Amazon. We'll do a watch along. But that's kind of what I mean, though, is that it just had these little kooky elements of having a pterodactyl yell at you via TV. But he's in a business suit, and then. The next time, it's a it's a, a Triceratops who's a biker. And every time, they're just kind of really pushing. They're like, you're a Tyrannosaurus. They're like, yep. They're like, there's no more of you. Yep. You guys are extinct. <laughs> yep. So you're never going to find anybody to marry. <laughs> He's like, yep. Okay. <laughs> like, they just like, okay, people just like rubbing it in. And they keep saying like, you have tiny arms. Yep. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> oh, yeah. So you interact with the... I, I don't even it's like a helper assistant that helps you build the boards and everything it's like an ai and it'll like really give you a hard time it's like hey you got real short arms like yeah and then you get into a fight with it at one point and you can like try and rough him up but then during the uh the next puzzle that you have to complete he'll throw stuff at you so that you can't like cut out the board <laughs> easily like you have to time your movements because otherwise, if it, it connects with one of the things he's throwing at you, you have it's to start space over. Invaders. Yeah. Yeah, he's throwing, like, space invaders real at kooky. you. I'm, I'm loving the description of this game. <laughs> it, it sounds so absurd, and, and that's exactly the kind of uh, humor something like this needs. Just, I'm afraid that cyberpunk is going to become very overplayed soon. Yeah, and it doesn't... It does... Okay, so a lot of... I'm trying to think of how to say this, but there are a lot of indie games that have kind of done the interacting with the public in a dystopian future way that doesn't hint at it. Just kind of like, we'll like add a bunch of kooky characters and just give you a flavor of the world. So uh, I want to say uh, Coffee Coffee Talk was another one or the Red the Red Strings Club. They're, I'm trying to think of this other one that was like a, an action game where, you know, the, or an adventure game where you have to get all the items and figure out puzzles but the idea being that they put the the cyberpunk world but it's only kind of a flavoring to kind of get to these kooky characters and that's kind of where this is going because it does have Mm -hmm. um social elements so you have somebody that will be unhappy or you know they'll show a meter and you you choose what you say to them and it'll boost that meter in a certain direction or you at the end of each interaction you serve them a drink and you have to find out Mm -hmm. which drink they would like and that will influence their mood towards you hmm. and even in this in in the instance of the biker they wanted their muffler louder so you had to put a, a noise chip on it but your ai is going hey you know what you should do you should put a you should put a signal booster so they'll just get the cops on their ass all the time and you have an option <laughs> to do that i yeah. didn't but that you can uh, you can choose so there is a moral choice that you can do something kind of wacky and get a whole nother story beat i'm sure 
So that's uh, Dino Punk has got some ideas, and they kind of hint at what's going to happen in the future because you get paid per the jobs and how well you do, how accurate you are, and they you find a time machine schematic, and it costs money to get all the parts, and they kind of hint they're like, I can go back in time, and find the one for me. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's some love elements there too, and they want you to. That's like I think where the story would end up going. I mean, again, this is you only get like a half an hour with this game. But, uh, again, chill beats to, ch- to hang out to and put circuit chips on. I really like Dino Punk. And I, if, I can't wait to look forward to see where it comes out. Now, Joel, you did play Cloud Garden. Yeah, you, you fooled me into thinking we were going to talk about this because we had it on the, uh, the docket show notes and then you deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, Cloud Garden is, uh, it, it's strange. Like, it... It's just basically a sequence of levels where it's a plot of land that's like a, a square and then some sort of like framework of signage and you click on like a little section of weeds or overgrowth or vines and then it turns into like a weed ball that you then toss at a section of the signs and wait for it to slowly grow over in order to fill this meter in the corner. Uh, and if you fill the meter in the corner, then you're able to move on to the next level. It, it's more or less a, a sequence of puzzles each time. It starts off very bare bones, and it's very much just like, here's your ball, toss it once in the right spot, grow over, done. And I, I got about like eight or ten levels in, and it it keeps on getting slightly more complex. So like later levels where I was playing, it would be like, okay, you're going to place signs in a certain path so that the vine that you throw actually will grow over enough Hmm. to fill the meter. Or it'll be something like you get the ball first and then you toss it somewhere where it'll grow enough. And then they give you signs to place near the growth so it slowly starts creeping over different parts of the signage uh th- there's really not much more to it is there no not not really that's kind of why i was like i don't know i mean I guess we could talk about it i just uh, it's hard to kind of it's it's a very simple premise and i had talked about i talked to some of uh, the developers and some of the the community on their Discord server, just kind of asking a couple of questions about the game. So I've made, like, I, I thought maybe I was like, oh, am I missing something? Or mm-hmm. is there like a little bit more to it? And they're like, no, it's just kind of a simple thing to kind of relax. And you create these little gardens that look like the kind you would see in the world The Last of Us, right? You just see like a stop sign overgrown with vines or a chain link fence that's, you know, slowly falling over and or a bridge that's kind of collapsed and you just kind of see... yeah nature it's it's very mellow and it has a nice sort of slow ambient music too going on in the background so it's it's pleasant it's just uh it it is early access i'm not sure how they plan on growing it beyond what it is uh even the early access you know messaging on the steam page kind of made it seem like we're not sure what we're going to do with this either so uh, well, one thing I did see was that they do have like an endless mode that. where you can just keep building mm-hmm. on to, uh, and they, it's part of the idea of cloud garden is that it's like a diorama. It honestly is just like this little square 
that you can spin around and see different parts of like just like an archway or a stop sign. And I think like with an endless mode, you can kind of keep building on top of this diorama to put like, oh, here's a collapsed doorway. Now I'm going to put some vines on it. Oh, here I'm going to put the stop sign angle up. And by the end, you have this nice little neat diorama. Now, if there was a way to like 3D print that, that would be kind of neat. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned earlier, I this would have a natural home on a phone or a tablet because uh, the controls are so simple. You could easily, or I'm not sure how easy it is to develop, but functionally as a game, you should be able to map the controls to you know touch pads and have it be still pretty intuitive. And, and the fact is, you could sort of swipe to like circle the diorama itself. The aiming stuff, you, you really just sort of place the ball in a certain space on the screen, and it shows you a cursor where it's going to land at. So it's not even like you need to do uh, some sort of uh, you know aiming that's going to be based on your movement, so to speak. So it, it it's a simple thing, and, and that's what it's meant to be. And you know, it was pleasant for what I played. I, I don't know how much more I'm going to get into it though. Yep, yeah, it's a it's a nice relaxing little thing that is. Like you said, it's kind of built for what I think would be nice home on mobile. Speaking of, we should be mobile. Right now, into the break. Is that better than the firewall one you had built in? No. That was Damn. terrible. Okay. This is trash. <laughs> Let, Why would you bring this to us? Slice through this firewall into the break. Yes. What does that mean? What does slice through the firewall mean? You know what? Okay. Fine. I'm leaving. Be right back. Hey, news. They used to call me Vanilla Thunder in college. As to say, I ate a lot of white chocolate and had huge thunder thighs. That's, I could not, I wouldn't have been able to read that. I absolutely would not have been able to read that. <laughs> news. First piece of news, Microsoft buys Bethesda and ZeniMax Studios. Who is That's, this a loss for? I don't think it's a loss for anybody. Who is this a loss for? Like, um, people who don't want monopolies? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I sort of ruminated on this a little bit, but like, it is a portfolio ad that brings Microsoft back to like the original Xbox where they had a ton of CRPGs and uh, they had like the Morrowinds and stuff like and Knights of the Old Republic and they're shoring it up between Bethesda and uh, uh, who is the one that did New Vegas with them? They did Outer Worlds. Right. Is it that, that's the same. Are you talking about Bioware? No. Obsidian. 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 That's who it is because yeah. they work together yeah. too. Okay. So like they're, they're both under the same tent again and you, you know the thing is with these three consoles coming out or and switch they're all i mean they are competing in a way but they're all taking a different segment of the market like 
Microsoft's strat is to have it be like, play this anywhere. You, d you don't need the box, but we'll sell you the box. And we're going to sell a subscription plan as our like primary revenue stream. Uh, Sony's taking like the more natural progression tact of just like more games we've got our exclusives and the nintendo has this sort of like mobile gaming space that uh similarly has its exclusives but like it, it's turning less and less into competition for each other and more of them slicing out a different segment of the market and so like the more these guys buy up developers in the long run i don't think it's great the other mm -hmm. part of I that I kind of had heard from just the the public Twitter people as they are uh, that Microsoft hasn't particularly done a lot with their studios. No. So, for instance, like Rare, right? Rare hasn't done a whole lot. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they're working on something, but as of right now, we have not heard hide nor hair, or at least not a lot of stuff from them since their acquisition. Uh, sea of Thieves. They're Sea of Thieves, and I, oh, I suspect yeah, I at least a part of them are still maintaining that. And from what I hear, that's it's grown a lot. I mean, it's, they sort of take the same tact as No Man's Sky, where it kind of started bare bones and it expanded out. I really want to try that game sometime. It's, it's on, on Game, game Pass. Pass. We can. Yeah, I need it. Time's my barrier right now. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't uh, money or anything. Yeah, pick a day uh, though i'll definitely jump on that with you it's just yeah yeah I, that's yeah. that's what some of the rumblings i had heard people were more upset because they those purchases hadn't netted anything really substantial so because of that this this may could be seen as a hindrance to bethesda really doing a lot more with their properties or at least expanding on it that and uh there is still the question of the uh, death loop Deathloop being mm. a PlayStation exclusive or a console exclusive, and even that is not forever, but I that's still just well, like a question I, now all of a sudden. I also suspect part of that is to like they sign contracts that they have to honor even with this acquisition. And it, it's I mean Maybe. I suspect I suspect over time you will see Bethesda offer less and less on PlayStation platforms. It'll be Xbox, PC yeah. And I could see maybe, like, minor Switch uh, support, like, last-gen ports and stuff like that. Alex, what do you mean, maybe, they have to honor that agreement? Oh, no, I didn't say they have to honor, oh, they maybe friends. have to honor that agreement. I'm saying is that the conversation hasn't happened yet, that, because the Deathloop being exclusive, fine, that happened, that occurred, but then... And they even they like at the PlayStation conference were talking about Deathloop as being a console exclusive, but then then this acquisition happened afterwards. So I'm more curious about if like that would affect the the exclusivity not, or maybe that would change. The yeah, point. I think eventually that they'll broaden it or they'll open it. Maybe there's a window or a time frame on it that they'll have to adhere to now. But it seems like it seems like timed exclusives have been the norm this generation too. So like. I, I would suspect that's a time thing. Hey, they said the same uh, Final Fantasy 16, and I, I think someone someone was talking about it being Demon Souls as well, coming to PC. PC eventually. as well. Demons yeah. Souls. Yeah, the 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 things you hear from people closer to the professional side of this stuff is that it's not viable to have it be console exclusive if you're a third party, or like if. 
it's not so much that maybe it's not viable, but like they know they're leaving money on the table if they commit to just console exclusivity for one. So. Okay. Yep. Uh, just to kind of go along with uh, big corporate news, I'm going to skip over here. Uh, Amazon announces game streaming service Luna. Now, Luna. this is coming out to combat with the Stadia, right? It kind of looks that way because it is, uh, it is browser-based with a controller that connects to their, their cloud services, not to... Not to any kind of Bluetooth or anything like that. Five ninety nine, uh, and launches next month with a with a catalog of games, and it, it looks like it's almost based on channels. Like they will have specific channels of games. So they uh, they had said there was an Ubisoft channel, so you can play old classic Ubisoft games like Assassin's Creed, like one, uh, like the was it Enzo and Ezio Ezio, those Ezio games, those older ones. It's kind of low key. Yeah. Doesn't seem it like was. it's uh, all up in your face asking you to buy a founder pack for a hundred and twenty bucks. Shut up. Was that how much shut it up. was? Sh- sh- shut up. <laughs> Do you want it's to be a founder? I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's been moved to storage. Uh, to storage. Isn't it like really small? It's a box. Like the size it's of a, a cell phone, or is it no. bigger than that? The box was a shoebox size. It was shoebox size. Yeah. This is terrible. <laughs> You're telling me you into this. my TV. <laughs> it's just it's just hanging there on the dondle. <laughs> no, I took mine off. That thing was hot. I think it's really hot. He said oh, my dongle. house gets told. Okay. It's a nice space heater then, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh you know they should offer this with Amazon Prime. No extra charge. Yes. That's that's my opinion. That's the right price for you? Yeah. Included in Amazon Prime. Agreed. Agreed. I have. Prime. I, I, I should mean they're throwing I think, free stuff at you I, already. I think my, I think my expectation is along with Amazon Prime Video, which is like a half-baked, crappy UI system uh, service that is just tacked on. Maybe, maybe since they're charging six bucks a month, it'll be more robust and better. But uh, I mean, I'm curious. Uh, I don't want to buy another controller for this so hopefully it accepts usb or bluetooth somehow hmm. uh, no I, I don't know because it connects there, to, it connects to their cloud no i'm not buying another controller <laughs> it's too late you already have to also if just, we're going to be nitpicky about streaming services uh ui what is up with hulu like Hulu's gotten worse, but I gotta stop you right now. It's no Amazon. Amazon's bad. Amazon's real bad. We know somebody at Amazon Streaming. We told her it's real bad. You should probably fix that. She says yes. I'm working on it. That's not a joke. But I talk, talk to Jeff Bezos. I imagine that they don't really care because you're already paying and you're getting it for free. Uh, free I will right. say that their offerings have gotten better their offerings on what they're giving for free to for you to watch have gotten better but the ui sucks the ui is flat out trash period i just amazon. don't want to give any more money to amazon it's too late the next thing that you order is going to come with a free remote or a free controller <laughs> and that's how they get you you're gonna have to pay the seven bucks a month but you'll get a free controller free uh, controller free 99 joel 
free. You'll have to make it out of the box that it comes in, or out of the box that your other order comes in. You can see my background. I have too much crap as it is in my house. That closet is full of just like board games and old hardware that I've got nothing to do with that I should really just toss out. But like, I have this weird feeling that the second I toss it out, I'm going to like need it. Yeah. And then it'd be like, crap, where is it? And then I'll have to buy it again. Hey, I'm uh, still trying to get that other beat off you. I, I'm not giving it to you. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm looking at Getty because Getty, Getty's looking away because he has mine currently. Oh, you can okay. take it. I'm not using <laughs> it for anything. I know. I'm joking. All right. So uh, the next piece of news, Near Replicant was announced this morning. Well, I mean, it was already announced, but the remaster is announced for PS4, Xbox, and Steam coming next year, April. I would have been more hyped if it was this year. Next April year. 23rd. Yeah, I... You know what? I feel like that's the right time for me. I, I, I will be ready for more Yoko Taro badness by then. Uh, you still, you're still, the you're game, still recovering, huh? Uh, yeah, you know what happened is that like earlier this year in the before times, I actually started playing it again because mm, I okay. wanted to just jump back in, in that game and uh, try to pick away at some of the side stuff. And then... Uh, all this happened, so it was just like I, I changed plans. I needed a break from sort of the dystopian uh, <laughs> stuff yeah. for a bit. Uh, but yeah, I this is this is uh, it's interesting, but not surprising. They went with, went with the Japanese uh, release of Near and not the U.S., where you play it as the girl's father. Uh, I I do wonder, are they gonna do? like new voice acting for this or is it going to be all Japanese I have to imagine they'll do some sort of localization yeah I feel like it has to be newer and did you see any of the gameplay there I, d- I did not get the opportunity to okay like it, the, the overworld looks about as barren as near automata uh, and the the combat doesn't look as slick and fluid. It's it's not Platinum Games behind it. It's it's another uh, developer, but it did look stylized. So I'll be curious to see how it feels. But yeah, I'm in. I, I'm in just for the narrative madness that's behind. In there. the before times, in the long, long ago. In the long, long ago. Yeah. Back when time had I'm meaning. Down. You know, I was one of those people that was like, I don't know, I should probably get near on 360. could probably find that used somewhere. And everyone just yelled, no, don't do it. So this is a way for me to do that. As well, sure the world will. I feel like that game probably hadn't aged very well. <laughs> like, No, it needs to be built, up, built from the ground up, and this is what they're doing. Yep. And then uh, the last piece of news, Joel, you wrote here, want a PS5 or Xbox Series X? Tough. Tough. Yeah, but I heard that there's plenty Xbox One Xs for the taking. (laughs) As a matter of fact, didn't Amazon report that sales were up 700% for it? Something like that, yeah. I'm not sure. uh, It's funny. I, I also saw somebody posting like, I think it was Wario 64 posting Chrono Cross for 999 
for PS1 <laughs> on Amazon. And, and it's like, I wonder how much that drives up the sales of these things when people just decide to post stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Were you guys planning on getting any new stuff? What about Chrono Cross? Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, I'm very confused. Were you guys planning on getting a PS5 or Xbox? Not at launch. I think it's nope. at this point it's impossible or very unlikely. I saw that GameStop will be having pre-orders tomorrow, but it won't be launch. It'll be like two weeks after launch. Well, but yeah, I'm I'm not in for that this year. No. So no, they, they haven't shown anything worth getting. Like, yeah. at least at launch. Like, everything's going to be stuff that's on PS4 or somewhere else. And, like, what's the point? You, you know, just to have the shiny Alienware looking box underneath your TV. Or the Obelisk. The Obelisk. Yeah, I like the Obelisk. Uh, but more than the PS5 design, at least. I just. I. That price tag is is kind of high still for even just the game. Seventy dollars a game is, that's again I would just got started getting used to paying sixty dollars a game. So, because I was always buying them used anyways, and then occasionally I'd buy something new. I'd get by like one new game a year or two new games a year. But and then we started 70s, doing this. Yeah, <laughs> seventy still. You know how high. you did around that? You you buy a bunch of indies. Yep, that's what I've been doing. So, but I don't need a PlayStation Five to play those indies and. To go along with that, yeah, I just can't imagine I would play. Like I, my my back catalog for PS4 is now being like, oh crap, I really should play this yeah. giant stack of games. You I should, should get really on that. play God of War. I should really play Resident Evil Two and Three. Oh man, I should probably play Borderlands Three at some point. Oh man, I should. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep going like that. I dig myself a hole. Anyway, that was the news let's take a break and go into a segment i'm excited for the backlog blog but i'm excited i got something i i gotta talk to you guys about something all right let's be right back And we're back, back with the backlog blog, where we play games that we spent more time making our character than actually playing. This is more apt than you know, Getty. Well, I I wrote this with the Adam RPG in mind because it looks like the character development on that is crazy. But first, I've been playing Warframe. Joel, what did you say about Warframe? What did you have to say about Warframe earlier? I, I said that it's an interesting game that I would love to play or try more of if I could commit to the time of it. But like, because of that, I'm never going to, it's, it's like my Eve online. Like I I'm, I'm not going to take the time to get good at it. All right. So I won't bother. So there was a Kotaku article that had talked about, Man, that Warframe twist, let's talk about it. And I said, wait, what? So I read as much as I needed to to understand where the twist was. And I said, well, this is what I got to do now. I played Warframe. I enjoy it. 
now that I know there's a twist, I need to do some research. So the last week or two, I've spent about 20 hours playing Warframe in my spare time, leveling up. And as you get deeper into it, roughly around 15 hours, they actually start giving you story quests that go into very cinematic areas, slowly progressing. There's that lady that talks to you, the Lotus, that kind of gives you your missions and helps you out, if you remember correctly. I don't, but thank you. As it turns out, (laughs) she is the guardian of you and takes care of you. Uh, gives you your missions and, and does what she does. And turns out she's a part of an ancient race of people. And then uh, someone finds a way that she's gonna, uh, someone's going to go destroy the Warframes themselves. And their power is a place called the Reservoir. Turns out... Wait, Warframe, should you be saying spoilers before this? Yeah, spoilers for Warframe. Okay, because it this seems like This twist came gonna... in 2015. So I do want to give that a heads up. This patch that gave this story content 2015. So, but spoilers for Warframe. But it's not like you had to get pretty far in to get to the point where there's actually consequence? Yes, 20 hours. 20 hours. I, I, I checked. Think of I all the one-hour games that you could have beaten in those 20 hours. <laughs> You're going to hate oh, yourself that's what's, later. That's what's coming next. That's what's A big sacrifice here. for the beat list. Yeah, because this is not going... This, I, I, can't, I, I won't put this on the beat list. I don't think this counts. But uh, as it turns out, you are Neo Matrix style in a tube. You find yourself in a tube. Your Warframe gets to there, opens up the tube, and then the whole screen goes pixelated and falls down. And then you are the perspective from the person emerging from the tube. And you you have been remotely controlling your Warframe from the tube. And the Lotus has been protecting you as such. They took the moon, the wizards that are on the moon, Getty, and they made it invisible. So nobody would know that you and your two people were on the moon. And then the game opens up and gives you a character creator. If you scroll down in the dock, you can see my character. And yeah, he looks I have like nightmares already. <laughs> and also you can give him a sweet afro. Facial hair? Mm, that's an extra. That's an extra pack. You have to pay, yeah, money, pay money to get facial hair. Yes, that's also why my character's hair is blue and not black. That would have cost an extra three bucks. You, you know the extra. You know the timeline jab in the intro and being Neo thing in this. I, I read an article lately that said like, "What if we are in a simulation?" I'm a little uncomfortable right now. <laughs> Oh, Joel. If only you knew. all a construct. Now, scrolling even further, there's also now a skill tree you can invest points in as you level up. And also your character, the human, is now sitting in the back of your ship, an extra section that just opened up. So you can see my Warframe hanging out with myself in these screenshots. Do you have to use the skill tree? I mean, I, no. Not technically, (laughs) no. And you can pick, there's multiples. That's one out of five. Hmm. So what I'm saying is 20 hours in and this game just opens up and gives you a whole storyline where as it turns out, all of, like your Warframe was being remotely piloted by a guy in a tube that gets opened up and now you're awake. Also, your Warframe carries you out in a cinematic moment and you shoot laser beams from your hands. Warframe's wild, y'all. 
So how didn't you get to this point before? Because you were like bragging about how much Warframe you had played. <laughs> You're like, man, I'm doing like all these crazy crafting missions. I got crafts on crafts on crafts. Like I'm 50 hours deep. Flying through levels like Superman. Yeah, ninja style. I gang still style. am. I have like seven to ten Warframes. Like this game is that like it's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot, a lot of this game. So you just and didn't do the I right just, story again, missions? No, I didn't get that. F- I didn't. Again, this is a lot. There, so wait, you go you planet were f- to planet. Fifteen hours in before, and you played an extra twenty hours. So this twist happened at like forty hours. People when, can get when that I at played. F- when I played Final right. Fantasy twelve, I barely touched the story content, but I spent like twenty hours just like roaming and attacking stuff so I could take out that giant uh, T Rex out front of the town. Alex did the equivalent of that here. Yeah, but in that I'm game gonna, you I'm didn't actually have that? to play, Joel, because you could just set it up so that the gambit system would do it all for you. Yeah, but I don't I do things the hard way. Haven't you done that yet? Oh my god, please tell me that's <laughs> Did you ever beat Final <laughs> Fantasy twelve? Hell no. <laughs> oh wait, no. It's, I, I got it. Yeah, that's I got it. I got a super cheap copy for Switch. It's sitting on my backlog. Wait, that has to. the fast forward option too. Yes. So you could essentially just let the game play itself. Yes, but I, I've, I've got Paper Mario to get through. But we're not allowed to Priorities. talk about Paper Mario. Alex already banned it. It's on the banned list. <laughs> I didn't make a banned list. <laughs> it is. I'm just it's saying right next that... to the beat list. So, Getty, it's more about the quests don't start until roughly 10 to 15 hours in. Then the idea is that Warframe looks complicated as hell. There's a lot of stuff going on that you have to master. Once you've gotten to the point that you can wrap your head around it, they're like, boom, here's 10 more systems. So it's not so much that I didn't that I was messing around and making it the hard mode. It's more the fact that the game keeps expanding and keeps giving you more to do and more to learn and uh, I, I don't know how much more Warframe I'm going to play. I just wanted to get to that twist and say, man, that is wild. And I took a bunch of photos, and I'm pretty happy I did. Watch, there's another twist that happened like a year ago, and he just doesn't realize it. And it's another 50 hours in. Dude, the new event, the new event is a living planet that's all just what seems like viscera. And then they put a monster's mouth on your ship that you have to feed resources. Kind of looks like the monster from Little Shop of Horrors. All right, Warframe's weird. Is that called Maurice? <laughs> That's no, not, that could it? be. I haven't seen that movie in forever. I know the guy's what name Seymour. Seymour. Seymour was the guy. Freed me. Freed me, Seymour. Um. Yeah. So that's all. I, yeah, I just think that I, I don't that, have any comments. That's just like either. a fun uh, thing that I wanted to say is that Warframe gets really wild and uh, anybody if they want to see some weird shit, it has to play like 40 hours to get there. Uh, also, the the plant in Little Shop of Horrors is called the Audrey 2. There you go. Yeah. I knew okay. they named it. So, this, that was my research for the last two weeks. I was playing a lot of Warframe. Joel, you brought us... I can't wait for the... Go ahead. What, what, you can't wait for what? I can't wait for the next Warframe patch where you have you fighting as a mech against a bunch of uh, robot squid things. Joel, about two patches, two two rig releases ago, they give you a flying mech suit that you now do 
outer space battles, and then you can also control a giant spaceship, and you are in a giant spaceship fighting other giant spaceships. And then you, you know, all sci-fi is the same. Let's let's move <laughs> on. You asked for it. <laughs> yeah, you asked for it. All right, Joel, you brought Adam RPG. Tell me about Adam RPG. Adam RPG is a CRPG that's like Fallout, but in post-nuclear Fallout Russia. So it is more akin, it looks like more akin to what the Fallout 1 and 2 games are. Uh, Sort of top-down-ish look, uh, exploring from town to town. Uh, Like all Fallout games, characters you walk up to have dialogues with, depending on what your proficiencies and skills are at. It opens up different dialogue trees, possibly, uh, and, and you're able to do different abilities. But the the main thing, the main difference that I've noticed is that uh, this game does not have much humor at all. <laughs> it's okay. serious. So, so like, the, so so like that's that's one of the key features about the Fallout games, right? There's a little bit of like uh, morbid humor or like absurdity with like Fallout Three. They had sort of the the Century robots talking around with like smiley faces and stuff, and and the Pip Boy stuff and all that but this this plays very very straight like you are part of a group called adam which is like a, a secret underground group your mission is to go find a sort of caravan of people that were investigating something but got lost you get mugged right away early on and are left with basically nothing and then you start a series of quests to try to figure out like where to go next and it's all very open-ended and I sort of I went two rounds with this game, trying with different characters, and so the you know we're gonna do a tale of two characters here real quick, uh, the tale of Maria and Beavis. Beavis. Uh, in, in case you were wondering, Beavis was a custom name that I chose. It better be. Uh, <laughs> so I, I started out with uh, Maria. She was more of a like weak. So I, I chose abilities that really boosted her wordsmith and sort of like chatting up people stills just like these games i tend to like the ones that sort of open up dialogue options where you can kind of manipulate people or like talk them into giving you deals and stuff uh, I, I find that more interesting uh but i start with her and i start by going to the main camp ground i pick up a few quests uh, one of them is to go to the other town uh, next by and, and go drop off a receipt to pick up a copy of Lord of the Rings and return it to the barkeep <laughs> from the first town. And I also find an old far- uh, old hunter, and he's like, if you'll pick my corn, please, for me. And then he's like, he's a little senile, but then he f- remembers that he has a r- shotgun. So he gives you the shotgun. No ammo, just the shotgun. So you think, like, okay, I'll find a vendor and see, and they'll, they'll sell the shotgun s- shells, right? Mm-hmm. No. No? Nope. They, they, they have, they have uh, uh, pistol, you know, ammo, and they sell pistols, but, like, uh, it costs like a thousand rubles to to get it, and I have like ten, twenty, I depending on how much. I feel like crap a ruble find, isn't so. actually worth that much when it was. Uh, all right. Pre-war. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
like that uh, name. So, though, Ruble. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's uh, a, <laughs> it's equivalent of like ten cents, Joel. So if you had ten <laughs> cents, you could have bought that bullet. <laughs> it's cheaper than here. Is it? But uh, yeah, th- this. So I I start walking down and. and the way it works is that you have the in-town or an event kind of map space where it's more zoomed in and close up. And then when you leave a space like that of town, it pulls back into a big map area. And you're sort of slowly walking along the map trying to find different points of interest that you can sort of jump into that smaller space again. But you also have random encounters as you walk along. So like... Uh, one of the times I, before I had to pre, re, reload my save spot, I didn't encounter by bandits. I got nothing, so like my only attack is a kick, and they just come up and just Perfect. maul me, like completely obliterate me. So I, I go back to a load before that, and I get better luck with the RNG for the encounters. Uh, but then in one of those spots on the way to the second town, I get radiation poisoning. Oh, man. Did it organ trail you? What do you mean? <laughs> you got dysentery, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you dead. No, I wasn't I wasn't shitting myself, but by the time I got to the Radiation town... Radiation poisoning? Eh, I think that... Yeah. <laughs> okay, the game did not specify my bowel movements. <laughs> we all know what was going on. We all know what was going on. But I'm not, do, do you think they glowed in the dark? Maybe. <laughs> that seems reasonable. Uh, but I got to the next town. But, like, the radiation poisoning then induced, hallu- not hallucinations, but, like, a dementia in the character. So I would go to any NPC and talk to them. And, like, it would be just backwards uh, lettering garble. Or it would be, like... A character talking to you saying none of this is real this is all an illusion <laughs> and, and stuff like that like wild stuff and but you couldn't like interact with any of them the way you normally can so i had to walk back to the main town again find the doctor and, and get him to heal me before i did about the normal and, and then after that i find a mission that takes you to a bunker and Outside the bunker, there's a group of three men, and one of them says something like, okay, you know, I'll make you a deal. If you go in there and clear out whatever monsters or beasts are in there, I will let you keep whatever you find there. And so I go in there, and there's, like, radioactive ants, and I clear them out, sort of grab grab a bunch of stuff, and then realize, like, I'm encumbered. And in this game, if you get too encumbered, you cannot move at all and have to drop stuff. So this is very, I very sort of, Fallout-esque. I mean, you can yeah, move a little so, bit when you're encumbered. But. Yeah, in, in Fallout, they give you a, that little bit of slow walk, but they don't do that here. Or at least, like, if you go way too far, they don't do that. So I, I think to myself, like, okay, I'll, I'll drop some stuff here. I'll go to the nearest vendor, sell stuff off, come back for the rest of it. I get out, and, of course, the three men are standing outside the door, and being like, oh, what do you find? And, like, you have choices and say, like, well, you can say, like, oh, nothing. Or, like, I've, I've carried out what I can. And 
either way, like they say back to you, oh no, we, we know you're hiding stuff in there from us and you know, you better give it all up or, you know, we're, we're going to basically kill you and take all of it anyway. And you can either offer to give it up or say like no way in hell, but either way they're going to fight you. Yeah. And Maria didn't have much in terms of weaponry and they had guns. So, wow. Like, and my save point was right before that happened. <laughs> so, so that was the end of Maria because it was just like I, I saved myself into a trap, and I've, I've got no escape ripcord. So you don't get uh, like uh, party bees, members or anything like that. So that that's the funny thing. I, I found out during Beavis's journey, ah. who was more of like a brute and uh, you know physically imposing. Uh, I. Having learned the lessons of Maria, I was able to quickly put the shotgun, sell it, because what's the point, buy a knife uh, and some food and stuff. And I go take that uh, request for the book, and I got to a bartender in the second town, and it gave me the option to say a secret code to him of the Atom organization. And then he's just like, okay, come back behind the bar and we'll talk. And he, and he joined me there. And so, like, from there, I had a party, you know, of okay. two. And, like, what was interesting is that I would get to these different people that I had met before in the first run. Like, there's a kind of uh, religious fanatic in one part of the town that tries to sell you on their religion. And, like, the first time, you could just sort of listen in and listen in. But this time, it got to its first stanza, and your partner goes and just like this. This person's crazy. Don't don't listen to what they're saying. You know. So it was kind of funny how they added that a little bit. Um, so like, I there might be a way where you can really kind of pick less combat heavy stuff or less uh, power based stuff. But at least for me, it, it was not. A fruitful way to handle it like this game was so imposing and uh just punishing that i, I don't know if that if you are not a vet of this stuff i'm not sure if it would really appeal to you this sounds a lot uh, like the original fallout and that's the thing like it makes me a little curious to check fallout one yeah d- just to see how it compares and see like if things are different enough where i could dip deeper into that but uh like that the lack of humor was interest you know like it, it felt real like all the characters felt downtrodden beat up you know dissatisfied and unhappy like you'd expect them, <laughs> people to be in that circumstance but it, it it lacked it lacked a little bit of levity it probably could have used and also the loading times were miserable Anytime you leave a town, anytime you go into a town, anytime you hit a random encounter, like 20 seconds of loading time. What did you play this on? Switch. Damn, that's rough. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was aggravating because you, you do that change enough where it's like you're sitting there with a loading screen with a, a mushroom cloud, and it's like, great, I'm still here. But uh, I, I'm... I would recommend this maybe to people who are really into this genre that want something handheld, but uh, the CR, if you're not, CRPGs or whatever. Yeah, but if you're not, and if you're not patient with load times, uh, probably better off to find an alternative. 
Okay. I've uh, CRPGs, kind of like the, the the Fallout Three and Fallout Four and all those kind of, are a genre that I, I I just couldn't I I want I want to, but I just for some reason there's a there's a high barrier for me. It just it it's a it's a lot for me to wrap my head around and I and I don't know I just never hit, never clicked except for that one time. <laughs> Outer Worlds was the first and the Outer only. Was the first. It'll never happen again. No. Thinking about trying that Wasteland 3, but don't tell Kevin. <gasps> Kevin will get real upset. He's still like okay. four episodes behind. <laughs> he won't find out until next month. That's good. Yep. I got some time to spare. So, moving on to uh, State of Game of the Year. This is a segment? This, Who named this? Uh, I made a segment. State this of is Game trash. This is trash name, Alex. Uh, I gotta tell you, tier. we should probably do this at the halfway point and not closer to the end. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Let's talk about some of our early adopters that we have played throughout the year. I'm going to bring up my own personal list here. Put this up here. Just so we can kind of talk about uh, some of the early adopters that we've played this year and uh, anything that really kind of stuck out to us. We have not played... Uh, Family Man was a fun one. If you remember Family Man being a uh, voxel uh, Minecraft-looking game, but it was almost as serious as the story of like uh, Breaking Bad. That was one that stood out to me. Uh, Getty, do you have any that stood out to you? What are we talking about? Betas that we tried? Yeah, yeah. gory. Yeah. Cuddly Carnage. Gory, cuddly carnage. I didn't <laughs> want to jump right to the to that one, but Yeah, no, I'm jumping right to it. I mean, because you said betas, otherwise I would have brought up Paper Mario and the Origami King because we're not allowed <laughs> to talk about it. That's coming up. Daddy, we we can have a spoiler cast, just the two of yeah, us, and just special keep out, so. uh, spoiler sode. No, I'm Alex. playing it. I just got out of the sewers. Yeah, I'm moving forward. It, that's in real life or in the game. <laughs> okay, so Glory Cuddly Carnage. I'm still keeping tabs on that one. That is wishlisted. Where you are, the cat dresses Marty McFly, smashing uh, murder corns on a hoverboard that talks and swears. Joel, what about you? Is there anything that kind of stood out to you this year from early adopters? There were two. Uh, one was Mad Experiments at Stape Room. Uh, okay. And that, you know, that is just as much due to how we were to, able to assemble a group of friends and actually get to playing it. You know, you know, the interactivity between all of us and trying to sort of paw around and figure out the different puzzles. Uh, that is just like, that format is ripe for fun like especially given the circumstances where we can't do a real escape room right now but uh that that definitely struck down the other one was uh not for broadcast oh yeah okay that was a really neat premise like it it felt like it used the dna of something like night trap but actually conceptualized it into a more 
uh, fully fleshed kind of game and, and the whole like jumping between different scenes and how it can play out with different humor that way. Uh, I, I just really, I really enjoyed the idea of that. Okay. And uh, Getty, also you, you seem to really like uh, both. I know that you're having a, a little bit of a internal struggle with West of Dead uh, because you've had some problems with that game, but also you had a, a really good time with No Straight Roads. That I I did. I can't wait to crack into it so that we can actually play it. Me and Getty are talking got about some, doing that some, co-op. Yeah, we can do a co-op session. It's supposed to be do like it. five hours to beat it. I feel pretty confident that uh, we could do probably it do it. Uh, and then I, I did want to also just kind of oh Carrion to I forgot about what? Carrion. That was a lot of fun too. Carrion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Skater XL has is still getting my time. I got into Skater XL mods. That's a whole nother rabbit hole. Been modding the oh, crap no. out of that game. <laughs> no. <laughs> is there a mod where it's just literally you playing a hand with a tech deck? I hope so. Yes. Well, no, not not a hand, but they make you <laughs> invisible, so it looks like you're just playing with a tech deck. Oh no. <laughs> yep. yep. That's the thing. The figures. And, and people make custom maps, so they have a map that is the ramps are made out of like notebooks, and then there's like a uh, one of the ramps is a copy of Tony Hawk uh, Underground 2. That's a PS2 case. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on. Uh, and uh, Ghost Runner was a lot of fun as a parkour murder ninja game. Much like Mirror's Edge. Now, with the year that's gone by, I think it's, we've gotten a lot of good betas. I think that there have been some very interesting ideas here with the games that we've seen tested and even those uh there's always a list going on of all of the different possible beta tests and we actually don't get to go into so there is still a lot of fun to be had now uh for our own personal lists getty you is is paper mario up there in your game of the years i i feel like if this were a gaming fix, they wouldn't be allowed to disseminate which games are on their top five yet. So, are you trying to trying to get a peek behind the curtain here, Alex? <laughs> I'm more. I'm more. Just want to hear what what are you what do you think that so far? What do you feel really good about as like the games you've played this year? Which again, we have our own personal beat list as well as games that came out this year. What do you think are some of your favorites you've played? Just kind of a swath. Doesn't have to be the number one or number two. All right. So. Games that I had a lot of fun with this year. Uh, I played Jedi Fallen Order at the beginning of the year. I enjoyed that a lot. Uh, I definitely had a lot of fun with Persona 5 Royal. I, If I didn't have podcast responsibilities, I'd probably be going on another playthrough of it. <laughs> Paper Mario, of course. I want to talk about it really bad. I think from week to week, I just kind of like shove it in your face. But if I had to pick game of the year material it would have to be kill it with fire <laughs> <laughs> you did beat that game that game is too really many so much fun for how stupid <laughs> it is that's what i look for in in games can i play this to relax yes mm-hmm. that's a good that's a good that's a good way to look at it joel how about you what about 
looking back at the games this year so far, what do you think has really kind of stuck out to you? Uh, not, not to be on the same train, but Paper Mario actually so far is really up there for me with uh, the most fun I've had this year. I, I have, as this year has drawn on and uh, things have sort of gotten along with dealing with the stuff, I've looked for more simple games, things that don't challenge me mentally too much, just because I, I need things to unwind, relax, not put too much effort in. And Paper Mario... Uh, the Origami King, there's definitely like, there, there's this great hide and seek sort of mentality to all the levels of finding all the toads. And uh, you, you, they're clever, different things to find them, uh, but they're never too tough where you feel like you're really struggling. And the battle system, I, I, I love it. Like the whole radial thing where you're twisting the different four segments or switching it to where you're like shuffling a line down uh it's a really neat way for them to add a twist to the normal paper mario uh turn-based battle stuff without it feeling like it's meaningless so uh and the humor like there's so much self-referential humor self-aware humor uh it does all that really well Uh, and beyond that serious parts of that game too like yeah. being yeah, a single you know, father. I, <laughs> you know, I actually caught the end of that already. And like, it was because my son's, you know, he consumed it. And like, you know, weirdly heavy, weirdly yeah. serious, you know. And I'm looking forward to experiencing it myself. Uh, besides that, uh, Jet Lancer, just some great fluid feeling air combat. Uh, not you know not much else to say about that and actually uh well i, I yeah i played invisible ain't that has to be up there <laughs> this year hmm. uh for me o- ori and the will of the wisps uh i'm glad i beat that game that was a lot of fun and also a little bit surprisingly heartbreaking uh i don't want to go into spoilers about that game but i will say it does wrap up and uh, kind of gives an ending to everything going on. Um, let's see here. Uh, Dead Cells was a fun beat, but uh, kind of going back to this year, uh, Cloudpunk. Cloudpunk, I, I kind of enjoyed the story aspects of that game. I liked the environment, but mixing it all together didn't really put it... They didn't put it all together in the end. Uh, let's see. Takeshi and Hiroshi was a, was a, was a real quick uh, thing that I had... That premise was interesting enough that I, it kind of kept me engaged i don't necessarily think it was the strongest showing for the for, for our first indie but i thought it was pretty good uh let's see and then uh gotta say right now i'm playing hades and i'm loving it that's good uh loving hades getty i think hades is kind of really up there i think you would really enjoy that game and uh also shout out necro barista and welcome to elk both really deep, really heavy stories that kind of stuck with me. I, I reviewed Welcome to Elk, and I'm currently, uh, I have my article written just waiting to publish it for Necrobarista. But that was kind of one thing where I, we're at. I, th- I think this year I has been... Here. Mm-hmm. Neither of you mentioned Final Fantasy VII. We're not allowed to talk about that either. Oh, yeah, I need to get around to that, don't I? It was, it was good. It was good. 
I enjoyed it a lot. But I wish it were longer. I'm probably going to go back and play it. I see why they did it as far as they did it. It makes sense as far as they did it. Well, I so I was replaying through the original version of Final Fantasy VII, and mm-hmm. the amount of time that you actually spend in that small area before you escape from the city, it's it's a couple of it's like what four hours of the game. It's not even that long. I spent like ten hours there. I thought. I think towards the end it gets a little bit longer, but you get out of the city pretty quickly. For yeah. them to drag it out, I, of course, I think that one of my favorite parts of Final Fantasy VII Remake is the character development. They did so much more with the characters instead of the yeah. small interaction that you had, as well as gave you more of a, a playground to explore. Of course, I I'm a fan of the combat, because Final Fantasy fifteen, I, I enjoyed that combat too, so I I like it. I just it's gonna eventually have to come down to all of the other games that we played. I mean, I've I've got like forty games that I finished this year. I gotta make some choices here. <laughs> uh, well, that Gary, is it looks crazy. Like <laughs> the current list, you are what? Uh, yeah, you are. Uh, you have beaten forty one games on this list but you've you know we've obviously played a lot more than that yeah uh, i am behind you uh by like four i hate you getty why you just spent 50 hours playing warframe so that you could find out that you're neo from the matrix <laughs> <laughs> you should hate yourself i don't i don't i'm happy i did that <laughs> i think this year was actually uh pretty good i think it was good and i think that a lot of people will say like, "Oh, there wasn't a, like there wasn't a whole lot of games in the beginning, and then all of a sudden there was tons of games." I used that time to hit my backlog, and relatively hard considering that, you know, Gears was on it, and you know, still working my way through Halo, right, and and the original Paper Mario. But I think that there was time for me to start hitting some of these games that are in my backlog, and I'm glad that it did that. And then now there are games. People need to stop chasing that dragon of hitting every new release. Just, just some of them. You'll, you'll be, you'll be much much better off that way. No, <laughs> much need happier. that dragon. Come on, Jewel. Need it. So, now, let's move on to one last thing. One last thing where we give one last sentence, one last statement, sending us into the weekend and you, the listener, to the weekday. For me, Joel, stop Undertale baiting me. You keep saying, oh, man, that Undertale, I hear it's pretty good. I hear it's pretty good. And I'm like, Joel, I can make that video game homework. And you're like, nah, man, nah. But I hear that Undertale is pretty good. Joel, stop doing it. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a call out right there. That, that's on Xbox Game Pass, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Joel, you're up. I think I've also said that a few times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just in case everybody was wondering, my wife last week was l- watching Golden Girls. Uh, Golden Girls and Shit's Crate are pretty much the two things in rotation right now, with a dab of uh, Letter Kenny every every so often. Good call, Getty. Oh, I have to come up with a one last thing. Can it be that I mm-hmm. want to talk about Paper Mario and Final Fantasy VII Remake on here? Yes. 
Do you want to do a Paper Mario episode where you just like a little mini thing where you just talk about Paper Mario? No, it's going to be a spoiler so and you're not invited. I know Ooh. you could do that. You could I don't got to be around for the spoiler cast. I think you do. Aren't also, you like CEO and president of a video game Super GG? Absolutely not. But as CEO and president of Super GG Radio, I got to say my second one last thing. Jimmy Wong, please answer my emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good luck with that he yeah, answers sure my dms fine he's totally cool dming me but he's not okay he's in a business into his email. dms <laughs> it's not it's not it's not in a bad way i want to interview him and with that it will be it for this week's Super GG Radio. Before we go, you can find us on Twitter at Super GG Radio and twitch.tv slash Super GG Radio, where we are streaming all the time. My brother has taken up Sunday using his racing rig to play some racing games. And let me tell you, he's using his niche, 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 niche uh, knowledge to emulate tons and tons of Japanese arcade games. So he is going to be going buck wild on Sundays with his racing rig. Also, Multiplayer Monday has been taken over by Alec because he has an obsession with Deep Rock Galactic. That's a lot. That, that game looks fun. I think I... I mean, I picked it up. I just don't know if I'll ever play it. Looks good, though. Nice. Uh, the, the Hartwigs are taking a brief hiatus from Divinity Original Sin so Kevin can indulge in Wasteland 3. He loves that game. That's his new shame game for us. About Wasteland 3? Like... Yeah, the the one where he tells us we have to be playing it and we all ignore him. Yeah, and then he just gets really upset at us. Facts. Our chat is him crying a lot. Uh, also, we have reviews. Reviews, writings, articles. Things are popping off. That WordPress is hot right now. We had Art of Rally. Welcome to Elk. Getty is writing his own review of Best Friends Forever. And I'm going to be writing a retrospective about Necro Barista and my time with it and my personal life. So we do have some stuff popping off at the, the WordPress blog. That'll be a lot of fun. Also, a special Halloween special will be coming up. A special special where we will be discussing horror games. Yeah, I know, guys. The, our big bosses over at NPR called us out and said that we need to have a Halloween episode. That what? is just talking about horror games. Really? All right. Yes. I got games on games on games. That's what I play, son. You got games on games, son. That's what I yep. play, horror games. Any chance any chance I can get to talk about haunting starring Poltergeist, I'm in. Okay. Sounds good. And if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. And please revi- provide a review on iTunes or any of the podcast apps and Amazon assimilation apps. It will sh- let us be more visible so people can hear us more. Please tell your friends. Thanks for listening. GG Joel. Give us those good reviews so other people can give us bad reviews. GG Getty. Good game? (laughs) Good night, everybody.